Good morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.28 a.m. It is July 29th, 2019. And this is Bitcoin and episode number 119. Brought to you by this wonderful cup of coffee that is pinyon flavored coffee that we got in Santa Fe. Uh, although we, we've, we've been buying this coffee for years now. We always stop into the chili shop in Santa Fe and pick up a couple of bags of this stuff. But no longer, because the last time we were there, we saw the notice that they had changed the recipe to not include pinyon nuts. Because of nut allergies. That's right, people. Every I mean, apparently we are we're all going to die from nut allergies. So therefore, nuts can't be freaking anywhere, including my pinyon nut coffee. So they've they've put in some kind of flavoring for to replace pinyon nuts. And I just think that this is just absolutely bullshit. Uh it's I just put a warning and say, hey, if you're allergic to nuts, don't drink this coffee. Otherwise, enjoy. Oh, God. You know, it's just, everything seems like it's just ludicrous nowadays, right? So, uh, hold on. Make a nice big drink of that coffee. Be the last time that we ever buy it. Okay. All right. Let, let's see. What, what What's going on? Ludicrousness. Yes. Australian draft bill excludes digital currency from new cash payment limit. Oh, and it just keeps getting better. This is by William Suberg, uh, writing for Cointelegraph about three hours ago. Australia's government has delivered supportive statements on cryptocurrency as it looks to exclude the sector from new restrictions on cash payments. In an exploratory memorandum issued late, late last week, the country's treasury said it wished to ban cash payments for goods and services, which exceeded... 10,000 Australian dollars or right around $7,000 US. However, a number of exclusions would imply or uh, would apply, <clears throat> including transactions involving what it describes as digital currencies. The reason lawmakers state is in order to prevent the disappearance of such currencies from the local economy, which in turn would lead to a block on freedom to innovate. Hmm. The memorandum reads, quote, Digital currency is a new and developing area in the Australian economy. Unlike physical currency, it does not have a firmly established regulatory framework or industry structure. This makes it difficult to apply the cash payment limit in a way that would not largely prevent the use of digital currency in Australia or significantly stifle innovation in the sector. End quote. As Cointelegraph reported, Australia holds a mixed track record on cryptocurrency. This year, it emerged authorities would go after individual traders for tax purposes, demanding access to user data from exchanges. Continuing, the Treasury suggested the cryptocurrency remains a marginal contributor to the economy and struck out in comparison to recent comments from other governments by saying its role in crime is also negligible. Surprising. The the memorandum confirms, quote, at the same time, there is little current evidence that digital currency is presently being used in Australia to facilitate black uh, black economy activities. Given this, the government has decided at the present time to effectively uh, carve digital currency out from the cash payment limit. If approved, Australia would implement the uh, $10,000 Australian dollar limit starting January 1, 2020. Earlier this month, it emerged that Germany was also seeking to lower the maximum sum legal to accept in cash from 10,000 euros to 2,000 euros from January. It looks like it's saying from January 10th next year. From Okay, let that sink in. Germany is taking the cash limit from 10,000 euros 
to two. It's an 80% drop in the amount of money you can pay somebody in cash. This shit's getting, this, this is getting scary. If this doesn't, if this doesn't scare the piss out of you, nothing will because money is our ability to communicate value to each other. So, I mean, that's just, that's chopping the legs out of, out of the great guts and feathers of humanity right there. I mean, this is just to, to allow this to happen while we live is I, I, we're not doing the future generations, um, any service like at all. And of course, Australia is not helping any, anybody at all at this point. They're, they're getting, Australia has been getting weird. I mean, weird over the last decade, you know, or two continuing on who, who a CEO calls on China to create a rival to Facebook's Libra crypto. This is Daniel Kuhn writing July 26, 2019 for Coindesk telecommunications giant Huey chief executive has said that the time is ripe for China's government to preempt Facebook's Libra. Speaking in an interview with Italian media outlet Leoconoma, CEO Ren Zengfi remarked that China has the capability to pursue such an undertaking. He was asked a question about U.S. global hegemony and Facebook's issuance of an international currency. Specifically, Ren was quoted as saying, even China, oh, quote, sorry, quote, even China is able to issue such currencies. Why wait for Libra? The strength of a state is greater than that of an internet company. Let's read that one again. The strength of a state is greater than that of an internet company. Statism, man. It's just every freaking where. Ren was not necessarily looking to take his company toe-to-toe with the social media giant, <clears throat> though his firm has made significant inroads in, in the blockchain space, including joining the Hyperledger Consortium and releasing a blockchain-backed cloud service. He instead pointed to the advancements in blockchain technology made by the Chinese nation-state. In May, the People's Bank of China hired blockchain experts in a move to widen its distributed network investments, useful for large-scale transactions, a bank representative said at the time. Additionally, while some members of China's central bank have said that Libra's deployment could negatively impact the country's economy, Wang Zin, head of the research bureau at the People's Bank of China, said the competition could propel the, com- the country to issue its own national cryptocurrency. In fact, a few weeks after Libra was announced, searches on, the China, on China's web, web search giant Weibo skyrocketed. This is in spite of the fact that Facebook has been banned in the country since 2009. (laughs) Ren's statements were translated from Italian. Uh, Yeah, okay. There is a lot of talk about state in this. And just like we got off of the Australian news and the, the, the German news about cash payments, this, this too should just scare the piss out of everybody. There's what the hell happened to humanity to let just a handful of people just walk all over everybody else. It's sick. It's just absolutely sick. Okay. Now move, moving into something more positive. I so totally want to hang out with the guys over at Lolly because I totally want them to teach me how they're doing business development. I did it. I've done business development before in the past and I was okay at it. I mean, actually, I mean, I got stuff started. It was, you know, the, I started a a molecular biology company. Um, and then all hell broke loose in the middle East and nine 11 and all that kind of stuff. And science budgets got sacked pretty hard. So I had to close the doors after a couple of years, but I got it up and off the ground, you know, and it was a pretty big lab, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. But Lolly, these guys are doing business development on a scale that I could only wish to emulate. Um, there, there's a tweet here from Lolly that's prompting all this that is a response to Russell Okung. And if you're not, this Russell Okung is, I think, the, the way you pronounce it. But he's, a, he's an athlete that's been uh, getting heavy duty into Bitcoin. And he's not, he doesn't appear to be in, into any kind of shit coinery. But Russell tweets out, I should do a Bitcoin giveaway. Lolly responds, saving sacks and helping people stack some sats, happy to sponsor it. 
So Lolly's kind of coming out of the gates going, dude, sponsor. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll yeah, I'm dude. I mean, and it's that kind it's that kind of thing that I would just, I, like I said, it makes me want to go hang out with the dudes at Lolly and just pick their brain on how they approach business development. Um, also in business development news, we have yet more, uh, upstream data news. Um, these guys are fast becoming one of my favorite Bitcoin companies. Uh, upstream data tweets out upstream data is now in Texas. We built a custom ohm data center for a Texas producer who had stranded gas wells, but now their gas has a market. This unit was designed to plug into six separate 45 kilowatt gen sets. And they got a picture of this nice little, uh, it, it, um, this one is a modified, uh, shipping container that they just drop down on, you know, on a pad. And, and then they've got a couple of, uh, generators that are powering all the ASICs that are inside. And I was looking in at their, uh, PDF of, of, uh, their product offerings and noticed that their ohm mini has hashtags of stacking rats or st- uh, stack racks and hashtag stack sats. So, you know, shout out to Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent for that one. It looks like that looks like that is is starting to go uh uh become part of the normal nominal everyday vocabulary of uh Bitcoin. So, thank God for people like Upstream Data because what and, and what they're and I'm not exactly sure about this particular well because I haven't asked them, but I know that in especially in, in West Texas and <clears throat> obviously other places, but in West Texas, it's a lot of these wells that are producing gas have to flare because they can't pass they can't pass gas because there's no pipeline infrastructure. Amazingly enough, it's you know it's and it's been languishing for years. This has been a major bitching point for oil and gas developers all over the place. It's just like we can't sell get our gas to market because there's no pipeline. It's not worth it to pump it, you know, pump natural gas into, um, you know, tankers because it, it, the only way to make that work is kind of you got to get liquefied natural gas. And that's a process that you're not going to do that at a wellhead, right? That's something that needs to be done like way somewhere else. So <clears throat> especially for oil and gas wells or, or for, for oil and gas wells, that start get to a point where they start producing pretty much only gas, they end up getting them shut in. Uh, it's called a shut in where they basically just close down the well until they figure out what the hell they're going to do. Um, so now upstream data has made it possible where you don't have to shut that down. You don't have to wait for the pipeline infrastructure to get to you because Bitcoin is already there for you. It's, it's, a, it converts natural gas into Bitcoin and then, Instead of you're you're not piping the natural gas off the field through a physical infrastructure, you're beaming it. You're beaming natural gas into space or across a telephone wire or down a cable. It converts a, a, a natural gas pipeline into a cable that runs electricity, you know, electrons down it. It's to me, it's an amazing conversion to watch. Um, and if they can get, the, if these guys can get their hooks uh, into this thing, then a lot of pe- a lot of oil and gas producers in West Texas are going to be happy. So, uh, continuing, Venezuela uses Bitcoin to circumvent U.S. sanctions. This is Landon Manning writing July 26 for Bitcoin Magazine says, in a bid to circumvent U.S. sanctions, the government of Venezuela has begun its first experiments with a program to convert tax revenue into Bitcoin and trade it for fiat currency at foreign exchanges. Jesus. Going <laughs> <clears throat> to delve into some, some shitcoin trading, I guess. The details of this plan were revealed in a report from the Spanish language ABC International, which claimed that the Venezuelan government is currently only testing the project at the Maraqueta International Airport. Hmm. 
Mariquetta is the largest airport in Venezuela for international flights, and all international flights are required to pay a specific tax to the Venezuelan government. To maximize the productivity of this tax revenue, these taxes are run through an app using the Jetman Pay system, which uses a digital wallet to automatically convert these gains into Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is then traded at exchanges in, in various rival nations to the United States, such as Russia and China, for a steady influx of USD that international sanctions cannot touch. <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of ingenious. The usage of Bitcoin as a way to circumvent international sanctions is by no means a novel concept in the crypto space. The thoroughly sanctioned nation of Iran, for example, has become such a hotspot for mining operations that the government had to pass tariffs to discourage the practice's impact on the power grid. Ordinary Venezuelan citizens have been employing Bitcoin to circumvent sanctions for years now, but the government scheme government scheme is a particularly unique case. Having launched an oil-backed cryptocurrency, the Petro, in 2018, this airport scheme is now an attempt to circumvent sanctions using the tried-and-true international reliability of Bitcoin. ABC International's report mentioned that there are currently plans to expand this endeavor in two important ways. <clears throat> Not only is the Venezuelan government planning to expand this tax to Bitcoin operation plan at all major airports in the country, but it is also set to see something similar for international flights attempting to refuel. Planes stopping at these airports nationwide will have to fill their tanks, courtesy of the state-run oil company, which will also be plugged into this Jetman Pay app. With the value of the boulevard fluctuating so wildly, this will give the Venezuelan government a steady access to the world's reserve fiat currency, regardless of what the United States government has to say on the matter. Uh, so Venezuela, I, you know, that whole Petro thing is still like, I, I, I don't even understand what happened there. Uh. It doesn't matter because Yang super PAC to accept Bitcoin lightning donations. This is July 25th. This is Colin Harper writing for Bitcoin magazine. Lightning has struck the 2020 U.S. presidential campaign. A new super PAC humanity forward fund launched this week in support of Andrew Yang's bid for the 2020 presidential seat. Spearheaded by a handful of Bitcoin faithfuls, the super PAC will accept Bitcoin donations through the Lightning Network in partnership with OpenNode, making both the first Bitcoin-specific super PAC and the first time Lightning has been used to fund a political campaign. Quote, Humanity Forward has partnered with OpenNode on the 21 Days of Bitcoin for the 21st Century Fundraising Challenge to celebrate the launch of the Humanity Forward Fund and to get Andrew Yang elected president. From July 25th to August 14th, we will be exclusively accepting Bitcoin donations via OpenNode, in quote, the initiative's website reads. Following the 21-day trial, the Super PAC, will, Super PAC will accept fiat donations as well. Other sections of the website laud Yang's self-named Freedom Dividend, this mandate promising each American over 18 years old a universal basic income of $1,000 a month, has become the primary pillar of Yang's, Yang's campaign, buttressed by the candidate's view on the threat that automation, AI, and other technological innovations poses to the modern American labor landscape. Yang is also an outspoken proponent of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Shitcoiner. <laughs> The presidential hopeful was a keynote at Consensus 2019, and he began accepting Bitcoin for his campaign over a year ago. His website also has an entire page devoted to his platform stance on crypto regulations and consumer protections therein. Bitcoin is no stranger to the U.S. political scene. A handful of candidates have accepted it over the years, either directly or through BitPay's. Don't I hate BitPay. Uh, BitPay's payment portal. Andrew Hemingway, the then candidate for the New Hampshire governorship, was reportedly the first to do so in 2014. And Rand Paul became the first presidential campaign candidate to open his campaign's war chest to Bitcoin in his 2016 run. So there you go, man. Adoption. It's all over the place. Also in Norway, Landon Manning, writing July 24th for Bitcoin Magazine, says Norwegian heir to accept Bitcoin open exchange. What's the deal with air, air travel and Bitcoin? This is a bit odd. According to Norwegian media, source, media sources, customers of Norway-based airline conglomerate Norwegian Air will soon be able to purchase plane tickets using Bitcoin. The company also reportedly has plans to open Norwegian Block Exchange, a cryptocurrency exchange specifically intended to facilitate the process. 
everybody, everybody's going to have an exchange just like it was everybody's going to have their own coin. This, I don't know. It may, this may be a situation where it has to happen, but it just seems just, it just seems overkill, frankly. Okay, although the use of crypto assets for plane tickets is not a wholly novel concept in the space, Norwegian Air's plans seem to take this concept further than previous projects. Several companies have advertised the option to use cryptocurrency to purchase flight tickets, but the majority of these attempts come from travel agencies that don't actually own the airline in question. Air Baltic, the primary Latvian air transportation company, does offer the option to purchase plane tickets with Bitcoin and Ether, with transactions handled via Coinbase, but Norwegian Air's attempt to open up its own exchange for this purpose appears unprecedented. Yeah, and a little weird. According to the local news report, Lars Ola Joss, the son of Norwegian Air's founder, was likely a key influence in this policy shift in the family business. A longtime employee and crypto enthusiast, he has accumulated more than $400,000 in Bitcoin. Why, how do we know that? That's bad OPSEC. Primarily before the latest bull run ended in November 2017, company founder and CEO Bjorn Jost stepped down in July 2019, claiming that, quote, you shouldn't lead an airline past your 70s, end quote. Since April 2018, the stock value of Norwegian Air has fallen by a devastating 75%. Thus, as much as this decision is a daring venture into the world of crypto, it also represents something of a significant gamble for the company under financial duress. Jeez. 75%. Holy smokes. What did y'all do? God dang, man. Uh, Anna Alexandra is writing for Cointelegraph on July the 27th. Co-owner of now defunct crypto exchange BitMarket found dead. That's right. Another one bites the dust. Tobias Nemiro, co-owner of now defunct Polish cryptocurrency exchange BitMarket, has been found dead. Local public radio station Radio Olsten reported on July 25th. The local police stated that Nemiro had been found dead with a wound in his skull near his residence in the city of Olsen. The exact circumstances of Nemiro's death have not yet been established. Polish political and general news focused newspaper gets a <laughs> whatever man suggested that Nemiro committed suicide. The authorities are ostensibly still working on determining the exact circumstances of Nemiro's death. Nemiro purchased the BitMarket Exchange a year after it had been launched. Together with his business partner, no way I'm pronouncing this guy's name, in the beginning of July, BitMarket announced a lack of liquidity and ceased its operations. When trying to access the exchange through its website, users were instead greeted with the following text message in both English and Polish, dear users. We regret to inform you that you're hosed. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Let's try this again. Dear users, we regret to inform you that due to the loss of liquidity since 8 or August 7th, 2019, BitMarket.pl was forced to cease its operations. We will inform you about further steps. Nearly 400 users ostensibly fell victim to the collapse of the exchange. In an interview with Money.pl, Namiro claimed that he was not responsible for the developments and was affected as well. At the time, Namiro stated, quote, I lost everything because somebody led to the collapse of the stock exchange. Now I'm losing face and good name for which I've worked for all my life. I am one of the victims and now he's dead. So you know, I had to watch that one to see if it's a suicide or if he was taken out in the woods and, and shot. So <laughs> uh, also in, in, other, in other country news, Greek billionaire launches hemp-backed token and dedicated exchange. Everybody, what's, dude, whatever. Adrian Zedmunski is writing for Cointelegraph on July 28th. Greek billionaire and television director Aki David, or Alki David, and his Swiss consortium launched cannabis back token SWX coin. <laughs> Just stop. According to a press release published on July 25th, the cannabis back, or uh, per the release, the consortium also launched the Swissix Bank of Cannabis to operate the token. The exchange will be based in Stad, Switzerland, and with the Caribbean headquarters to be named soon. <laughs> the token is reportedly based on Bitcoin's blockchain and, ha- and a single unit is pegged directly to the median global price price of premium hemp flower. 
Initially, the bank and its coin will supposedly manage all of Swissix's financial transactions with its partners in the U.S., Europe, and the Caribbean. But the coin is designed to be a transparent venue for all transactions. Swissix also claims that Prime Minister of St. Kitts, Nevis, Denzil Douglas has joined the bank's board. No conflict of interest there. The company was founded with the backing of $750 million worth of premium Swiss X cherry wine and Donald Trump seeds and $250 million. Uh, that's a bad sentence. Okay, but but that's the way it's written. Uh, SWX will reportedly be used to pay farmers and will be redeem, redeemable for cash at any time. As a coin telegraph. As a coin telegraph explained in a dedicated analysis in September last year, cryptocurrencies and blockchain are seeing growing use in the legal cannabis industry. That's cherry wine. Backing of $750 million worth of premium Swiss X cherry wine. I don't even know what the hell that is, man. It's, I think I'm the victim of a, of a, of a, Terrible translation, but it's okay, man. We need everybody writing. Everybody, everybody needs to be writing, and maybe they all need to be writing about William Shatner's possible return to Star Trek. Would be good for crypto. This is Francois uh, Francois Ayu writing yesterday. This is for CCN, which apparently has yet to close down. For those who think Star Trek legend and crypto fan William Shatner is no longer relevant, they should think again. For instance, Quentin Tarantino, who's behind Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, recently talked about how much he liked the 88-year-old, making him a candidate for a role in the director's much-talked-about potential Star Trek project. Shatner reprising Kirk would undoubtedly generate a massive return to, f- to film for Bill. William Shatner, the original Star Trek captain, is well known for having an interest in crypto. Shatner recently launched a startup which seeks to digitize the value of precious items and was also involved in a solar-powered Bitcoin mining operation in in Illinois. Nice. Uh, Reinvigorating Shatner's acting career would be good for his blockchain projects and the broader crypto industry. Uh, even if there is no mention whatsoever of crypto and Tarantino Star Trek, there is still likely to be a discernible benefit for digital currency due to William Shatner's rising profile in the space. A spotlight on Shatner is essentially a spotlight on cryptocurrency. Mm. Bitcoin's progress toward mainstream adoption has undoubtedly been boosted by an influx of star power. Everywhere you look, prominent inter- individuals are taking an interest in crypto. There is no doubt, so, no doubting celebrities have caught crypto fever. Uh, it's not just Hollywood that is taking an interest in Bitcoin in the world of professional sports. The NFL has a vote vocal advocate in the form of San Diego chargers, offensive lineman, Russell Okung recently diagnosed with a pulmonary embolism. Oh man, dude, that sucks. The, the offensive lineman is taking some time out on September 1st to make sure that BTC rookies get off to a good start on their cryptocurrency journey. And they've got a tweet from him that's, He's saying, I will be hosting a one-day event Sunday, September the 1st in L.A. for Bitcoin rookies. I'm excited to jump in more personally to help advance efforts for mainstream adoption. Russell is on fire, by the way. Okung is a proponent of crypto mass adoption and is even exploring a Bitcoin giveaway. We talked about that. Famous people are increasingly declaring their support for cryptocurrency, and interest has been boosted further by Facebook's Libra announcement. It is no coincidence that Donald Trump and many other politicians around the world are pushing back against Bitcoin. As public adoption increases, so do the risks to the financial status quo. Although, in my opinion, I think I kind of think Donald Trump's probably a bag holder because if everybody hates you and you know it and you got a bag of Bitcoin, then the first thing you need to do is tell everybody how you hate Bitcoin. So that's what I think he did. Continuing on, fentanyl dealer to forfeit $4 million in Bitcoin and quadrillions of banknotes. <laughs> This is from thenextweb.com. Uh, who's writing this? Come on, give me a, Okay. Yesi Bello Perez uh, is writing this, and it doesn't give me a date. Guys, always put a date. Please put a date. It helps. A dark web kingpin has forfeited, forfeited $4 million U.S., including Bitcoin and 100 quadrillion Zimbabwe banknotes. after selling drugs to an undercover cop via encrypted email. 
Richard Castro of Windmere, Florida, pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to distribute and possess with the intent to distribute three controlled substances, carfentanil, phenylfentanil, and fentanyl. The charges carry a mandatory minimum, minimum sentence of 10 years behind bars and a maximum sentence of life in prison. He also pled guilty to one count of money laundering, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Under the terms of his plea agreement, Castro agreed to forfeit $4.156 million, including the funds or cryptocurrency in seven different Bitcoin wallet addresses. Castro and his accomplice dealt drugs using the monikers Kim USA, Kim's underscore USA, and Chemical underscore USA. On Dream Market, a dark web marketplace, Castro boasted that he had completed more than 3,200 transactions on other dark web markets, including more than 1,800 on Alphabay. Drugs were sold by Castro in exchange for Bitcoin and then laundered in several ways, including by funneling millions of dollars through his Bitcoin wallets and purchasing ludicrous amounts of Zimbabwean banknotes as well as other valuables. Quote, as he admitted today for years, Richard Castro used the dark web to distribute prolific quantities of powerful opioids, said Manhattan U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman. Quote, Castro thought he could hide behind the anonymity of the Internet and use online pseudonyms to deal drugs. Thanks to our law enforcement partners, he is now in U.S. prison. In June last year, Castro told customers he was moving his business off dark web marketplaces and would instead accept drug purchases, drug purchase requests via encrypted email. To provide customers with his email address, Castro asked clients to pay a fee. Unfortunately for him, an undercover law enforcement officer paid this fee, obtained the encrypted email address, and placed orders with Castro. Castro is due to appear before a judge for sentencing on October the 25th. Okay, yeah, this was written today. They put the the date down here at the very bottom, July 29th. Okay, your paid group leader. (laughs) This, This just has your paid group leader meme written all over it, man. Oh, God, don't do drugs, kids. I'm serious. This opioid shit is out of control, man. And uh, if you, hey, look, you know, if you're smoking pot or whatever, I, I don't, I don't care. But you know, and I, and should I think drugs should be, you know, legalized? Yeah, if you want to put it in your body, you should, you know, you should be able to. But I don't think you should put very many drugs in your body. Hell, I don't even like like pharmaceuticals, right? I mean, it's just, it's like we're just drugged up to the point that. You can't. Uh, if you were to test the water coming out of a water treatment facility out of a city, there's a lot of Prozac in our piss. Just saying. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah. Last one up in the stack is from newsbtc.com. This is Martin Young writing today how smaller states <clears throat> are going big on cryptocurrency. It seems. Oops, sorry. Ooh, excuse me, guys. There we go. Screen jumping around on me. It seems that a pattern is emergency is emerging between nations in favor of cryptocurrency and those that want to quash it. <laughs> I can't wait. The two most populous nations on earth are stamping on Bitcoin and its brethren while smaller states are embracing it with their own rule books. According to reports, Belarus is one of is among yeah, is one among a number of smaller nations that are actively seeking ways to develop their fintech sector. By opening up to cryptocurrencies, traditionally crypto and blockchain startups have had to choose between two extremes when deciding where to set up shop. Larger financial centers such as New York or London may have the infrastructure for the financial sector and an instantly accessible market, but startup costs are usually prohibitive. Conversely, the report adds, smaller jurisdictions that are lightly regulated can offer easier market access, but also lower protection for investors and loser checks on money laundering, or sorry, loser, looser checks on money laundering. A number of new players in the industry are creating an alternative option by drafting specific rules and regulations for cryptocurrency. Malta, Bahrain, Gibraltar have been among the first to do such to attract new blockchain and crypto companies. Other perks, such as tax breaks, are also offered, which is an even bigger incentive over the heavy-handed approach in the U.S., for example. According to a crypto regulation lawyer at Clifford Chance in New York, There are jurisdictions in the see no evil, hear no evil camp. On the other end, there is the US, UK, EU. In the middle, that's the juicy part of the spectrum. Hmm. 
There is no guarantee that this approach will be successful as the industry is still embryonic, but it could represent an opportunity for these states to grab a slice of an emerging market. This could then potentially attract further investment and create new jobs. There is a thin line, however, in getting these regulations wrong could open the digital doors to all manner of nefarious activities, which would rile the bigger players and possibly ruin the reputations of smaller nations aiming to be a part of the crypto scene. Bahrain is one such nation developing its own rulebook for digital assets. In February, new regulations for cryptocurrency companies involving KYC protocols, governance standards, and cybersecurity were launched. Or, eh, bad sentence. Sorry, sorry, guys. Where launched? Belarus has also introduced regulations enabling people to trade and invest in cryptocurrency, and the number of smaller nations entering the space is increasing. This could also offer a lifeline to those previously trying to operate out of oppressive states such as India and China as the digital divide widens. So there you go. Um, I like this because, of you know, nobody uses Bitcoin. Nobody I know uses Bitcoin. Yes, because I live in the freaking West. I got I have access to banks. I got access to credit cards. I I have more fiat than than I know what to do with. Well, actually, no, I'm I'm not rich. I'm just saying that I got access, right? It's but these other little countries, you know, they have limited access. Their people have even more limited access, right? So <clears throat> any of these countries and Belarus, I'm I'm looking at Belarus uh because they're, I, I don't know, man, I got a good feeling about what they're going to end up doing. I may be wrong, but still, I, I, right now I have a good feeling. Um, <clears throat> these smaller countries, I, I think, I predict that these smaller countries, if they do this right, that they're going to end up more powerful than they ever thought that they could possibly imagine. They're, they're not going to set out like 17, you know, aircraft carrier groups in the Pacific and go to, you know, war with the United States and win or anything like that. But their their seats at global tables and global roundtables and their inclusion in the big boy club is going to start to increase. And I personally, I'm I'm thinking that a lot we might see a lot more mainstream adoption out of these countries, quote unquote, in the middle than out of the West. And certainly we, I, I think it'll be like the, the guys in the middle will be most the third world countries that are in the shithole right now will be second. And then the West will have to follow because two thirds of the rest of the planet uh, got in and there's pretty much nothing you can do to stop it. You've only got seven. We've only got 17 carrier groups. There's only so many wars that we can start by people using Bitcoin. So I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I, if I was the United States, I'd, I'd be thinking about loading some bags of Bitcoin up. Anyway, um, oh, the last thing I want to say about that is that the larger you are, like U.S., U.K., EU, China, India, that you know, Australia, this kind of shit, it reminds me of something General Patton used to say that um, in, uh, entrenched defenses are a, I gotta, I gotta get this right because it's a, it's a beautiful quote. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. Fixed fortifications are monuments to man's stupidity, man. He, and the, and the dude was right. He hated defensive war. And the whole, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is that the larger you are, the more the, the, the chances that you get into the mentality of fixed fortifications, i.e. regulations, a banking sector that is too big to fail. It is a monument to man's stupidity. It is, it is the actively, the active cavalry that's like a light armored unit. Those are the guys that can, uh, you know, basically do the most damage to anybody with fixed fortifications because you can't move your fortifications. Once you put them in place, that's it. You're done. It, it's it's the guys that are on the ground, and the way that the way that Patton ran through Sicily, up through Italy, and in, uh, all the way into Germany, or damn near into Germany. I think that I think he was asked to stop because he was going so fast, was because he never stopped. He never stopped. And I I see these little countries kind of. I don't know. I think they're in the. I think they're in the right place to to route themselves around the fixed fortifications that is the giant banking, financial, regulatory uh, landscape that we find the modern, modern humanity 
uh, mucking through. Anyway, that's going to do it for your morning roundup. Vitalis. Bitcoin is at 9,545. It looks like the high is going to be over at, we're looking at hit BTC at 9,578. And we got a low at GDAX. No, actually, well, GDAX and Coinbase Pro are within one penny of each other for the low of $9,523. One is and 11 cents and the other is 12 we have had just under 300,000 transactions committed in the last 24 hours with an average of 12,500 per hour. 1.1 million BTC have been sent in the last 24 hours and right about 50,000 BTC are being sent every hour on the hour. 3.93 BTC is the average transaction average transaction value. And 0.013 BTC is the median, and that's about 120 bucks. That's low. And my God, the, the block time is low too. Eight minutes and 28 seconds. Because we've probably hit an all-time high on hash rate. I'm looking at 11.01% uh, increase in the last 24 hours to give us 77.999 exahashes per second. And if that plays out, uh, that's probably, I think that's going to be an all-time high on hash rate. Uh, GitHub last commit was sometime yesterday. Ethereum is at 209. Litecoin is at 89. Bcash is at 307. BSV is at 147. Ethereum Classic is at $5.9. And Dogecoin is at 0.0028 USD. So Dogecoin's hold, holding its range. It's, it's been between 0 0.0035 and 0 0.0025 for so long. I, I, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been forever. Mempool.space is showing me that there are 11,800 unconfirmed transactions in seven blocks yet to be mined. Um, yes, we are completely above one megabyte. We, we have one megabyte blocks across the board. So we have larger than one megabyte blocks, people. Just keep that in mind. Anyway, there's your vitals. All right, continuing on with the Africa-themed uh, uh, cover stuff. I have found uh, another cover. This is a metal cover and a pretty hardcore metal cover of Africa, which I, you know, I, I, I dig metal. I really do, man. It's pretty cool. This uh, cover was done by a guy named Leo Moriccioli. And he is, from what I can tell, he is the owner of Frog Leap Studios and they have a, they have a YouTube channel. Um, and he brings other people on that are, you know, people that he knows to, fill, you know, fill in like, you know, other vocals, other guitar players. But this guy's like, he's, he plays, he's wonderful at the following guitar, metal guitar specifically, bass, guitar, and uh, drums. I mean, he's sort of like a, and he's an engineer, you know, because he's having to produce all this stuff himself. So he's a, he's a good audio engineer. He plays all this stuff. He's got a really good mind for uh, metal music, and he's made a, a covers out of a whole bunch of other stuff too. Um, so if you if you want to go see his channel, man, it's it's Frog Leap Studios on YouTube. Again, that's Frog Leap Studios. Go check it out. <laughs> Say hey. 
Train wrecked. You probably know what the what's coming. XRP balls deep. That is at XRP balls deep D three three P. And if you haven't seen this tweet, listen up. Just went balls deep in XRP. Took out a loan for way more than I can afford to pay back. I am not bragging or flexing here. My aim by stating this here is to document my balls deep journey with you all as an educational material source. Wish me luck. Hashtag XRP community. God, the, the wreckage, the absolute wreckage. Now, caveat. Nobody really knows if this dude actually did this. All right. This, I mean, unless I see the loan documentation and his, and somehow or another, he proves his identity to me. I, nobody, nobody knows if this guy really took out a freaking loan or if he's just, you know, saying this for, for effect. The problem is, is that there's always going to be some idiot who actually does do this because they listen to people, even if they're joking or not, talk about doing shit like taking out loans to purchase investment uh, instruments. Don't do that. Don't there. There's, I mean, there's a guy, I can't remember his name. He went all in Litecoin, sold his house and like all of his possessions. And as far as I know, his family and him are still living out in the woods in a tent because Litecoin price never recovered because he bought it. Guess when, uh, and uh, and there was other there's other people. I mean, it's like you the the I don't go to Reddit anymore because it's just kind of a worthless steaming pile. But um, they're like in in times of strife in the crypto markets, especially Bitcoin. At any given time, you'll see somebody who who like and and I do believe some of these people because of the way that they've worded their their things. It's just really emotional about how they they double mortgage their house or took out a second mortgage or even a, a, a third mortgage on their house to go all in. And they were doing it in like freaking November of 2017. And it was just, God, it was so sad to watch. And people will post up suicide hotline, you know, the suicide hotline number, telephone number to call. And in a lot of ways that that sucks because, uh, you know, some people are doing it because they're it's, it's funny to them, but it's not. These, there are people that, 
this this space will kill you if you do not if you don't do this this space right and continue to do it right this space will kill you and it can kill people around you too there is there is nothing there is nothing about the bitcoin space that is safe this place is dangerous and it should be treated as such and the way that you treat a dangerous space is you you don't let it get get its hooks into you you don't go sell all of your possessions. You don't go take a mortgage out on your house, especially if you've already got a mortgage. You don't take out a second one. You don't buy, you don't use credit cards. There's a guy I, I was pressing on on Twitter because he said something that, was, that this was a good idea. And I'm like, no. He's like, well, use your use, use credit cards. I'm like, no. You don't use credit cards to, to buy investment vehicles. Guys, please, 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 please don't do that. Anyway, we'll leave the smoldering pile over here in the corner and get on to other things. I'll leave you guys with a terrible joke corner here. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it's fully grown. And, of course, grown is spelled G-R-O-A-N. G-R-O-A-N. Because a good, bad joke should elicit a groan, a hardcore groan, man. It should be like, oh, God, you just you just killed more neurons in my head, man. So, anyway, there, that's the terrible joke. We're going to go ahead and, and do the outro and reminding people to not take loans to buy investment instruments, okay? If you're going to take a loan, then it better be an investment in yourself because you are not uh, an investment uh, vehicle. You are a human. So investing in yourself, investing in your education, and I'm not taking saying go and get student loans to get into, into that kind of stuff. I'm just saying like, uh, like uh, oh, uh, Saifedean's uh, class, 50 bucks, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna use a credit card to make an investment, use a credit card to buy safety thing. Better yet, send them Bitcoin because you know this whole fiat thing is just becoming such such huge dumpster fire. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's it. it. In either event, man, I will see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.